Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another edition of Techniche Tips. I am your host, Joseph, here again for another edition. We're so excited to have you with us. If you are joining us for the first time, uh, I want you to put a one in the chat. If you've been here before, put the number two in the chat. I just want to get a quick kind of survey to see who has been with us on these lives or even if you have been to the YouTube channel. I'm really excited to be able to greet you and say welcome. Uh, this has been a good conversation. And just to kind of recap on some things, I'm just kind of thinking back to the times that I have, you know, start, I started this pretty much kind of putting videos out on a regular basis, uh, starting probably January 5th of this year. And to see the growth on the YouTube channel, to see the growth in regards to the connections that I'm making, the people that I'm able to coach and help, uh, whether they have landed a job or just trying to figure out if tech sales is good for them, where they want to be, or if they want to go into something else, it truly has been inspiring and helpful to me. And I'm not in no way, shape or form uh, an expert in this field. I'm just a person that is trying to bring people to a, to a place to get some water to drink. <laughs> that's how that's the way I describe it. I see a lot of ones in here. That's excellent. I see a, a lot of ones in the chat. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming through. Uh, I'm going to probably shout out a couple people here. Uh, I know, Scott, you always are here. <laughs> so if uh, if you are new, if you put a one down, I want you to just take time right now and open up another browser. Go to the YouTube page if, if you can. Go to www.youtube.com forward slash at Techniche Tips. That's www.youtube.com forward slash Techniche Tips. If you're interested in finding out more about getting into the industry of tech sales or if you're just interested in finding some some interesting interviews or conversations or even finding a little bit more about my journey getting into tech and how it has basically changed my life in a positive way go ahead and subscribe to the channel it's definitely something that i appreciate it well when it comes to these lives i don't want to take too long i want to make sure that i am in the zone in regards to getting you information uh, that i think will be great and this next guest has an amazing background and how in three years he was able to come from a small village in his home country of Senegal to be now a bilingual inbound sales rep uh, in tech sales. And I think a lot of people that may be coming from um, out of the country, like my family was, you know, they might find these conversations very interesting, especially if you're looking to break into tech. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my colleague here. Ubakar, how are you doing, sir? Is everything well? Man, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. How are you doing okay. today? <laughs> I'm good, and I'm glad to have you. I'm really glad to have you. And and so let me just go back, because I want to make sure I'm technically, well, I should say this. I'm normally not the best with names. How would you pronounce your name? <laughs> you actually did very well. My name is Bubakar, just as you say it. It's Bubakar Nyang, but I always tell people to just call me Buba, which is a lot easier. Booba. Okay. <laughs> well, I like that. I think that's great. I, I'm, what I'm going to do is, uh, for those that are new to the conversation, I normally start off this way. Um, as you, as I call it boots to the brain, just to make it like that. Boots is symbolic of the journey Booba Carr has taken to get to where he is right now, or Booba. Ooh, or Booba. Yes. <laughs> You're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> so Booba Carr, that's a, his journey from Senegal to here. He's going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. And there was the brain is symbolic of the mindset one needs to have, not only to be where Booba Carr is, but to then scale from there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take myself off the screen. I'm going to let my brother talk a little bit about his journey to get to where he is right now. And then we're going to dive deeper. And at the end, we're going to have some Q&A. So if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I am going to come back to them. And if you have any sort of like comments or whatever, put that in the chat as well. Also, if you feel like the conversation is getting good, 
go ahead and repost it if you're on LinkedIn or share it if you are on YouTube. So I'm looking forward to this conversation unfolding. Without further ado, Bubakar, I'm going to pass it to you. Hey, thank you, man. First of all, I'm very excited to be here. Um, as I was watching this podcast, one of the podcasts that really gives you um, the feelings, gives you the dreams, the implement that the beliefs that tech sales is a thing exactly when you will be a little bit skeptical about is is this thing true? Is it a scam? Uh, you watch a podcast like this and you watch a bunch of other creators and that really sets you up. And that really gives you a good belief of, okay, this is true. Uh, let me let me go ahead and jump into this. This is not a scam. It's real because sometimes it's hard to believe. But to start a conversation and telling you where um, I'm actually from, I'm from Senegal, which is in West Africa, uh, in a small town called St. Louis. And St. Louis is a little island. It's actually two islands combined, combined together because in Senegal we have so many islands. The suburb of St. Louis is connected to the rest of the country. But for us to go to downtown, you got you have to take a bridge, a bridge that is like half a mile long. And you cross that bridge, you go to downtown. Now there's another bridge to cross, which is like 200, 250 feet to get to the fisherman village. That's where I've seen the sun. That's where I've seen the day. And uh, in St. Louis, life is easy going. We have the sea, we have the ocean. It's an island. The main activity is fishing. When uh, the fisherman comes, you know, from their trip and they come back with so many fishes, money is in the town. The town is vibing, it's cool. So my parents, my family, they were settled in St. Louis and St. Louis was so great that they never thought about what's above the border. They, they never were interested into uh, getting out of the country or traveling. My family, my parents, anybody, nobody have been on a plane. I was the first one who had those kind of dreams getting out, but they were they were pretty comfortable in that beautiful town uh, where you have the sea, you have the ocean, weather is there, food is there. So they were just comfortable. Uh, but it all started with me. Let's say having the American dream was implemented um, in my brain because of my brother, my elder brother and his friends. So what they were actually doing is they were very, very, um, a very big fan of the hip hop culture and black culture. And uh, they would listen to these songs, uh, 50 Cent, G-Unit, mostly G-Unit, and they would wear those big hats and the big jersey, the big jeans. You remember back in the old days how it was. And uh, me growing up uh, being eight, nine, uh, and being exposed to that music, that's how I really started with English. So I was listening to the music. I was singing the music before even knowing the words. And that, that was already setting the English um, language in my mind. And then I went to school. I started learning English. I was doing very well. I was actually already fluent before I started to learn English because in Senegal, the academic language is French. So that's how it really started and being a big passionate of the English language, learning the language, and then, you know, being conscious of the American dream, like, okay, I, I want to be there. That's my dream. I want to be in America. That's what I want to do. And then growing up, um, you know, going to college and um, just quickly realized about the school system, dropped out of college, started my own company because I, I became an entrepreneur. And then I started translating. I was speaking three languages fluently, my mother tongue, French and English. So, 
I combined that and then started a company and then I had my own business. And in that business, I was dealing with American companies. I worked with IBM, I worked Dow Chemicals, Apple, and I was the translator and a project assistant in Senegal, helping the local communities with tech companies coming to Senegal, having month program, monthly programs to help the local organizations, you know, come up with some sort of um, techno technology solutions, you know, to help them, um, uh, elevate their businesses. And then that's how it started. Relationship, building connections, which is crucial in everything you do in life. So I built the connections and one of them told me, you know what, you're doing such a great job in Africa. We are going to bring you in the States. You're going to have a little vacation. I was like, okay, I'll go for it. And then I came in the States. That's how it happened. But shortly, my, vac my vacation was cut short by COVID. <laughs> and then I had to go back to Africa uh, I couldn't do my business no more because of lockdown. Everything was shut down. And then um, every, everything was not just going very well. And then by the end of 2020, I was like, you know what? I have this visa. I have this opportunity. Let me just go ahead and try my chances in America. That was three years ago, and I'm not regretting it. That's what I did. I came here, started everything all over. It was very tough at the beginning. I was not living the American dream when I got here. Um one thing I usually say, which is a little bit funny, I always tell my friends, I'm like, we are all having the American dream out of the United States. And then you get into the United States, you realize that Americans don't even sleep. <laughs> Everybody wake up here early to go to work. But everything has been so amazing, so good. Um, I was able to see tech sales. I was able to work my way to get into this very beautiful field. And that's, that's how it happened. That's, that's how it all became uh, possible. Wow. Wow. What a story. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to visualize everything that happened from the beautiful village that you were that you grew up in, where I can imagine the blue waters. And did you guys have dolphins over there, too? Like, yes, actually, yeah. we do. You do yeah. see nice things when you go a little bit inside this um, inside because it, we're right there next to the Ocean Atlantic. There was just yeah. it's just a nice, beautiful town. Oh my goodness! And the food—I mm -hmm. can imagine the food right now. I—I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I gotta take a pause. I want to ask a question. What is? What would you say is your favorite food from back home? Oh, okay. So we have this national dish. Um, it's very popular in Africa. Nigerians call it jollof rice. Ghana, uh -oh. Ghana call it. But we don't Fight. call it like that. We call it chebujen, which is where it started. Senegal is the real deal. That's where it ha mm. uh, that dish have seen today. Really? And uh, yes, we have it because we are so close to the ocean. The fish we get a big tilapia, and it's fresh. You know, we get it out of the sea alive, and then we cook it for you. And then it's a, a tomato sauce paste mixed with the rice and, you know, seasoned it up. And that is my favorite dish. That's the national dish. And that is nothing mm. compared to the Nigerian jollof rice. Don't eat the Nigerian jollof rice. Uh -oh. and be like, okay, I have it. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't want no fights on these virtual streets. <laughs> I know how y'all get with the jollof rice. And y'all. That, that's a big discussion. As soon as you said that, I was like, uh-oh, I might have to shut things down. Uh, but it's the real deal. Trust okay. me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to get If you're Nigerian up in here and you have any anything you want to say about that put it in the comment section below because i cannot comment on that um oh my god the Ghanaians or anybody else i, I can't i can't get involved i get involved out of this conversation but uh but that's a beautiful so so i think uh, just hearing your upbringing like you were really i mean the, Amer the american culture seeped in but really you were you were the one that said i need to go to america to really pursue this american dream was technology because it seems like you kind of have like a business or entrepreneurial mindset 
at a young age too. Did, was that something that was developed at a young age or was that something that you kind of developed later on in life? Hey, at a very young age, when I was in elementary school, because, you know, Africa, especially the little town where I was born at, we don't have access to technology like that, okay? It's not everywhere. My elementary school, there were three uh, computers, and I'm talking about the old Dell computers with the big monitor that was, like, huge, (laughs) and then the PC unit, but we would have two sessions per week, okay, Uh, to initiate the kids a little bit about computerizing, computing, and um, I was one of those kids who was good with the computer. I was like maybe the only one who could navigate with the mouse and type with the keyboard. Wow. So my dad saw that and my dad was like, okay, so we're going to try to get you one. So my dad did his best to bring a, a computer home. And then we yeah. had a computer home. What my dad didn't understand at the time is that he did not have the type of kids who would use the computer. We would open it trying to see what's inside, what is making the computer run. That's work. the type oh of kids goodness. we were. And that's, that's exactly how we learned about um, CPU. I, I can build a computer myself. That's wow. how we learned about CPU, motherboard, random, random access memory. I had, um, I had accomplice, my brother, uh, who was my best friend at the time. Um, my brother and I, we would go places just to find broken computers, open them, see what's inside. That computer my daddy bought lasted a month at the house. We oh, no. we destroyed that computer, trying to see what is inside. But it was a good learning. We learned yeah. how to build a computer. Later on, my brother actually stopped at high school and he became a IT engineer himself. Wow. <laughs> Watching YouTube videos and destroying more computers. <laughs> but he was able to grab a valuable knowledge. We were so popular in that town. Every, th- every time that somebody has something wrong with any piece of technology, radio, yeah. phone, TVs, they were like, hey, you know what? Go to the brothers. They will fix it. <laughs> no, go to the brothers like Super Mario. <laughs> Like, like the Super Mario Brothers of of, of, of technology. We here. were, I swear, and then they will just they will just come to the house and we fix it. <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness! So, so you that's guys, how it started. Yeah. Very resourceful at a very young age. Wow, mm-hmm. that is so cool. And yeah. so that led you to your passion to start the the business that you pretty much had. Exactly. Say, right? Yeah, computing and using computers just uh, fueled everything that I wanted to do in life. Later on, when I was starting translating, it was all because uh, when you translate, you have your own laptop, you work at home, you're in your room, you're translating pages, you're sending it out. Yeah. I only have to go out when I have to translate in person, and I didn't have a lot of those. So yeah. that's what led me. It, it all started with the love of technology, computer, and, and tech, you know, that's how I got in. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to your story and I'm really, you know, the pandemic was really this thing that affected a lot of businesses. Can you kind of pr- provide a picture of your business before the pandemic? And obviously after the pandemic, it wasn't there. But like, how yeah. was your business before everything started to uh, fall apart. That's oh man, I was a successful man back there in Africa. <laughs> I was a successful man. So I started um, translating, I think back in 2016 when I was in college, not knowing what to do because um, I had really a fake dream about college. You do everything that you want to do and you go to college and you quickly realize that this is a rat race. They're mm. setting you up. And especially in the field I was, I wanted to see the world. So I was in the English department, but in the English department in my country, they were forming teachers. They just they were just transmitting knowledge for you to transmit it. And wow. most of all, my English was a modern English because I was in the hip hop culture. I was watching movies in English and stuff. My teacher's English was English that was passed on. 
So my English, I, I don't want to say way better, but my English was way modern than my teacher's English. And that was creating clash at university. <laughs> it was a real tension. Wow. And then I was not motivated to go uh, to class no more. But in 2016, there was a group that came to my uh, campus. They were doing, uh, uh, they were giving glasses for free, doing prescriptions. And then they were like, okay, we need students from the English department to be a translator. And then I started with them and I realized that I'm fast at translating. I listen to language A, translate to language B in no second. Wow. And then that's that's how I realized that I can do this. So I started a little company, put some posters on the internet, and then I was charging way less because back home, people who can speak English, they take that as a prestige. So they charge a lot for translation. And then yeah. I cut that price down. That's how I built my business. I put that price down and people from word to mouth was telling other people about, hey, I have this kid, he's in university, but he translates like a professional and he charged less. Wow. And uh, that's how I got into the, um, um, where I'm from, Senegal, uh, St. Louis, is four hours away from the capital city, which is Dakar. And mm. then companies from Dakar, you know, one of them told me, hey, come to Dakar, we will give you an apartment, we will give you somewhere to live, just work with us, because they could pay me less, and I was delivering a better service. That's how I built my business model. So I just decided to build a website and build, build, my, build my company. And it just started very quick. Uh, I was able to work with American companies. That's when it started to get really interesting. I worked with an NGO, and that, that NGO introduced me to Dow Chemicals. Dow Chemicals, IBM, IBM, Apple, so on and so forth, so many wow. of them. And then I was in Senegal getting paid U.S. dollars. And one dollar is equal five hundred of my money. So wait, I was wait. making. <laughs> wait, so five, wait, wait, so break that down. What could five hundred Senegalese money buy you? What could I so buy we you? have CFA. Well, okay. So the money is pretty um, low value. It can buy you a sandwich. <laughs> oh, but still, the number. Let's say if you say a thousand dollar, and I say a million CFA, you know th that's something. You'd be like, hey, I have two millions. I mean, it's yeah. $150, but it's like, hey, I got two millions. <laughs> and two, two millions maybe is um, 1500s uh, of US dollars, okay? Mm. Because $1 is equal to 500. Because, but still, yeah. it was a lot of money. Yeah. Because the regular salary, the normal salary, at the time, my, my elder sister was a teacher. She was getting paid a month what I make in a day. Wow. wow. That's, that's wow. how it was for me. <laughs> so, so were, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to learn. So go ahead. You're saying <laughs> I'm getting excited now. I want to go to it was a great thing because um, I was getting paid in a different currency and that, that helped me set so much back home, helped so much my family. And then before COVID happened, I was actually able to travel. But before COVID happened, I had the connections. I, I knew the president of Dow Chemicals. And Dow Chemicals is a big multinational company in Texas. Dow Chemicals make everything that is plastic, tubes, pipes. I knew the president of Dow Chemical. And I knew the head of the medical field of Dow Chemical. And we were like this. Because when they were in Africa, I was not just translating for them. I was taking them in the country. Show them the culture on weekends and then that's how we became like this and th those were the guys who were like hey you showed us africa we're gonna show you Houston." so that's that's how they got me here and it was an amazing journey i had a very profitable business before covid but covid brought lockdown and my business was locked down <laughs> everything was locked down yeah.
<laughs> you were yeah. a translator and tours guy. Like I, <laughs> you I, did it all. I was it all. <laughs> but look, that's a lesson right there to anybody watching who's in business. And I just picked it up. Like you went above and beyond what your job description or what your your, your business entailed to do. You said, I'm not gonna only translate for you. I'm going to allow you to have a, a, a point where you can be immersed in the culture and be able to and be able to see what business could look like in Senegal yeah. on, a, on a ground level. That's huge. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Uh, so for entrepreneurs out there, go above and beyond even what it says on paper. Yeah, right. That opened up the opportunity for you to go to Houston, you said, right? Of course, it opened the opportunity for everything. It started everything. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I wonder what it would be if I stayed in college. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh man! So, you, so you're in Houston now. This is after the pandemic, and mm -hmm. then I want to make sure the timeline is right. You from you went from Houston uh, after the, after the pandemic, and then you stumbled onto course careers, or did something happen between course careers and? Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna start um, with social media. So here is. The thing with social media, yeah. social media right out there is the biggest plug ever. It gives you the drug that you addicted the most. You're on social media. You're looking for girls. Your your timeline is going to be all pretty girls. Accounts and accounts, accounts and accounts. That's that's the what the algorithm do. Yeah. So when I got into Houston, I was here to make money. So I was watching money videos. I, I know them all. I, I watch all the entrepreneurs in the internet. <laughs> so I was watching all the time money making videos. And then that's how it is. That's actually other people, when they use my TikTok, my Instagram, they'd be like, your social medias are so boring. Like, what do you see? <laughs> Only podcast of money? I'm like, yes, it's, it's fun to me. <laughs> it's fun to me. Yeah. But yeah, so you, I keep scrolling and that's what I do. So I was scrolling. And um, I landed on a video, the first video I saw about tech sales. It's a guy named Troy Barter. And then he was talking about the money. And obviously, he was talking about tech sales. And you know, you see so many videos. People tell you, I will make you a millionaire in a week if you subscribe to my channel and you buy my course. I'm yeah. like, man, I'm tired of this camp. So I saw Troy Barter. I clicked on this profile and I saw that he was selling courses. I was like, man, just another one of these guys. Let me just swipe up. And then yeah. I swiped up. And then some days later, I actually stumbled back on another video. And um, I think this time it was a guy named Sheriff. And he was talking about tech sales as well. I clicked on the profile and the algorithm started doing this thing. I clicked on two tech sales program profiles. Now the tech sales video is coming on my timeline. Yeah. <laughs> you see? And then I kept saying it. I kept seeing it and I kept seeing it. And I saw course careers. Um, and I went on YouTube. I wanted to know more. And I saw Perry Smith crying on a video. <laughs> Paris, yes. What am I, what am I, shout out and, to Paris. <laughs> and I saw her crying on a video. I was like, Okay, this cannot be staged. This this has to be honest. Let me let me dig a little bit some more. And I can tell you to this day, I have a job. I'm in tech sales. I'm still skeptical. <laughs> I'm like, there's no job in the world, no job in the world that can pay you uh, all this and give you a six-figure opportunity with no experience on the first year. This is impossible. That's what I was telling myself. But um, an unfortunate situation happened at the time because I was working in hospitality. I was working as a valet, man. That's another thing I will tell you all about. And then uh, something happened and I was at home. I didn't have no job. I was just at my house. And then I was like, you know what? Let's do something. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and do course careers. And I paid course careers. And then I got in. 
So I started doing the course. And as soon as I started doing the course, it just started to be something so amazing and so exciting because Trent and his way of communicating, his way of teaching. And then I quickly found myself something to do. I finished course careers in a week. I don't tell Ooh. that. I don't tell that a lot. I don't say that a lot. Yeah. I finished course careers in a week because I was so excited. I was I was pasted. Like I was just locked in my laptop. I was eating every single word that Trent was saying. Yeah. And I finished course careers in a week. And then I finished it, got my uh, certification. It was all in a 10 days period. And I went, start applying for jobs, which was different stages, different waves. You will learn onto the way. But that's how I got into tech sales. It all started from TikTok. <laughs> wow. It all started. Oh, my goodness. From, tic from TikTok and then Paris crying and then you clicking the link and then the links coming and more videos coming to you. Like, wow, that is amazing. I think a lot of people have similar stories. If you have a similar story, Mm -hmm. uh, let me know in the comment section below. I want to know if you have a, if you're a course career graduate, specifically uh, course careers, or if you or even tech sales in general. I want you to know your story. Go ahead and put your story in the comment section below. This is a nice little paragraph summarizing your journey into tech because I think a lot of people will be inspired to know there's so many other stories similar to Bobakar's that are people that are making and changing their lives. And so let's talk. Let's talk about the fact that you went through course careers in a week. Uh, how was the interview process? How was that going for landing a job afterwards? Okay. So after I finished course careers, um, I was focused on, man, the main thing that people have said it so much, and I'm going to say it again, LinkedIn. You need to have a good looking profile in LinkedIn because that's where it starts. So here's how it, um, it shaped up for me when I after I graduated um, and I watched the graduate portal and they showed me everything to do, I started doing that. You know, I was doing exactly that. It didn't work out very well for me. And uh, that's what I'm actually telling to other people. I'm like, um, course careers give you a great value. Now, after you graduate course careers, you need to start thinking a little bit on your own because tech sales has become really popular. Course careers has become really popular. So many people are using the template. So many people are using that way. And the people you mm. reach out to, maybe they have already received 50 cold emails. And if you don't find a way to make that, um, personalize that, come with your own, you will not stand out. Mm. And I call it the sea of application. There's a sea of application out there. For you mm. to stand out from the sea of application, you need to come up with your own stuff. Talk about it. Take notes, y'all. Take notes, y'all. Keep going. This is good. <laughs> and uh, that's what worked for me. And something I regret a little bit after I got off course careers, I went straight for the companies I worked for, the companies I wanted to work for, you know, mm -hmm. which is these big companies, Dow, IBM. Those people will need you to have some kind of experience. And, you know, yeah. it's not entry level over there. But I went to them. I used my connections. I was like, hey, I took this course. It was amazing. It's an intensive course. I know all about tech sales. I'm ready to work for you. And they'd be like, oh, you just. <laughs> you're well, just... a translator. We don't know you as FDR or BDR. It was like, you just took a course. Hmm. And that is actually something you don't realize until you get into the job and see how much knowledge is into this tech sales, uh, this SDR job. There's a lot to know. I'm telling you right now, if you're thinking you're ready, you might be a little bit too ambitious, which is not wrong. It's good. You can be ambitious, but know that you're not ready yet. 
That's mm. why when you happen in an interview, the most important thing to do, show them that you're coachable and you're a quick learner. Good. That is what will get you a job. It's not the fact that you come on the interview and stop talking about, I can sell this. I can sell your software. These hiring managers, they know. They, they know. They know that you have never sell software as a service. So please, you have a lot to learn. Show them that you will be coachable and you can learn. So that's how it really started. The first 30 uh, applications that I put in, I didn't get too much responses. Now, let me tell you about the 20 applications that I took afterwards. What did I do <laughs> is that I sat down and I told and I asked myself, what is not working? Mm. And then Course Korea is famous now. It's very popular. So many people are taking the course. So many people are going out there. They are doing the same thing. Let me stop that. I stopped using the Course Careers templates. Okay. Cut it off. Okay. I built my own template uh, based on what I've learned from their template, the course career template, yeah. a little bit of chat GPT, and my own self. Ooh, let's and say that I, one more time. Say <laughs> that one more time for people that are listening right now. That's good stuff right there. That's how that's how I came up with my perfect email. I I learned from course career templates, and then I mixed a little bit with chat GPT and my own imagination. That's the magic combination. Now, mm. let me break it down for you. Learning from the course, the template, the course career from template, the body of the email is awesome. It's good. But it's probably something that the hiring manager you're trying to talk to have already seen. Mm -hmm. So change that, switch that up. Use ChatGPT to learn a little bit. Ask ChatGPT, what is the mission of this software company? And mm. it will word it in a way that you will never be able to word it. It will mm. word it in an extraordinary way. You start with the course career template. Hey, I just applied on the website. I'm reaching out to you because you're the hiring manager. I am very um, excited to work for your company because of you put the mission over there. What are they doing as a software company? Break it down. Yes. And then now your own imagination, you tell about yourself. I'm a coachable. Uh, I'm ready to learn, blah, blah, blah. A short and concise email. What I did not do is include my course careers linked on it. Because let me tell you, okay, the screening that you do for course career, your page is great at course careers, but the screening you do at course careers, it's a little bit too generic. It's too broad. It's too wide. When you put the link on your email and they click on the link and they go listen to those screening that you do, it doesn't fit very well the mission or the description of that software company you're applying for. Mm. Wait for the recruiter to contact you and then you do your phone screening in a way you're talking to impress that particular software company. Yeah. That's what Agreed. worked for me. So I do not give out the link of my coach career, my course career page until it is asked. If the recruiter is like, do you have a link? Do you have somewhere I can see your certification? Of course. Here is my link. Click that link. You can see some screening. You can see my certification up there. Yeah. And that is one thing. The second thing is not aiming too high. Stop, stop putting these VPs, these sales managers on your cadence. They busy, man. <laughs> they have a lot on their plate. They might read your email. Will they send it to the recruiter? I don't know. Will they read your email and close it? Most, most likely. Because those people are busy. They have coders. They have the a, a CEO. They have in weekly meetings or daily mm -hmm. meetings to give updates. You know, they have numbers. Reach out to the recruiter and make a good impression. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Reach out to the recruiter and make a good impression. Now, when the recruiter is um, uh, reaching out to you, just be yourself. 
just be yourself. Show them that you're a good worker. That's just the recruiter. You're not there yet. Wait until you get to the team lead, the SDR team lead, and then you put your you know your knowledge out. When you're talking to the recruiter and you also ask and you already asking the questions like, oh, what is the percentage of your SDR? The recruiter doesn't know. He's not in the SDR team. He's the recruiter. So yeah. you know, show the recruiter um, your personality and how you will contribute in that job. Now, when you get to the team lead or the hiring manager and the SDR, that's where the conversation really starts. Show them what you have learned from course career. Show them mm -hmm. that you're not scared to pick up the phone. You're going to pick up the phone. You're going to make them calls. Yeah. And that's that's what worked for me, really. A good, LinkedIn, a good LinkedIn profile. Have a nice photo on it where they can see your face. Put all your experience in LinkedIn and put all of the experience you want to show the job in your resume. Resume, that too. Don't make a lengthy resume. Summary, nobody reads it. I'm going to give it to you right now. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to say it as it is. This game through. <laughs> Look, when you're building your resume, start with your name, contact, put your skills and put the experience. Don't, don't be like, I'm an individual. I've always been an entrepreneur. Maybe you can put your resume all the way in the bottom. But don't start with your resume. When the recruiter pulls up your resume, they want to get straight to the experience. They want to, they want to see if this guy has sold anything in the past, will he be able to sell, to sell something? That's, the, yeah. that's what they want to see. And uh, one thing I have done, too, is put my course careers in my resume. I want to show that I have spent sometimes in an intensive program. So I put course careers in my experience, and I put cold calling, outreach, sales force, you know, detailed it all to show you that I took a course and this is an experience because I was there. I did it. That's mm. what really made me stand out. That's, that's what I did. <laughs> oh man, that's good. If, if you, if, if you feel like the information that has been that's coming out right now is really good and really speaks to you, go ahead and put it in the comment section below and, uh, and, and share this. If repost it, if you're on LinkedIn, share it, if you're on YouTube, if this is really resonating with you. Now, you were talking about who to reach out to and reminded me of a recent conversation that I posted with Alonzo. So if, you are not, if you're new mm -hmm. and you don't know about but the channel, it's basically on YouTube at Tech Niche Tips. Uh, that's Tech Niche uh, Tips. And go ahead and check, check it out there. T technique is spelled T-E-C-H-N-I-C-H-E. -E. Uh, and that conversation, he said, instead of just reaching out just to the recruiter or like you said, the VP or somebody else, try a D. E and I personnel, somebody who's in diversity and inclusion, because they have to meet, meet a certain quota too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it kind of works in your favor when you said, hey, I'm interested in working here. I have this experience and I want to be able to show, you know, I want to be able to bring my best foot forward. Who do I do? Who would I speak to? Mm -hmm. And then they might navigate those terrains for you. Speaking of experience, I think this would be very helpful for people watching. They want to know how could you leverage your, your current experience, whether it's not in sales directly but how could you leverage that experience and put it on your resume and how do you actually effectively communicate that during your interview? And the reason why I'm asking you this question, because you had a business, you obviously had sales and part of it, <laughs> right? You had other things that were part of this business that you created. How did you leverage that during your interview process? Um, let me tell you one thing, Joseph, storytelling is a major skill that you oh, have no. to master. Um, even though you were in another field, um, doing something that doesn't have nothing to do with sales. You have to learn how to tell your story to make it a little bit similar 
to sales. You mm. need to take out the things that you were doing that will be applicable into sales. So, of course, I'm, I have an entrepreneurial mind. <clears throat> I've done a lot of entrepreneurial things. In college, I was selling fragrance. I was selling perfumes and colognes. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> that made me popular in the campus. <laughs> but uh, later on, when I started my company, my company was mostly inbound. People... Mm -hmm. Some, somebody else will talk about my company and then they will give me a phone call and they try to test me out and say, hey, we want to start translating documents with you, but we want to go through an interview. We want to see how you translate. I was like, okay, no problem. When you're ready to see me. It's like, can we do it through the phone? No, I don't do it through the phone. I, I don't do that. I don't do it through the phone. I want to see you so I can communicate mm. with you. You know what I mean? So I can read the person and communicate with you. But that's exactly how you leverage storytelling is how you leverage your experience. When you have done something that, is, that doesn't have nothing to do with sales, learn how to tell your story in a way you'll say, I'm a problem solver. I can identify what is the person, you know, what is the client's problem and bring the solutions and build a relationship. So I will not just appear as a salesman, I will appear as a friend, as a problem solver, and I'll build a connection. That's how, what you need to put out there. So mm. obviously, here's one thing that was blocking me a little bit. I had experience as an entrepreneur working, um, working um, as a translator, but that was outside of the U.S. I was yeah. working in a different system, and these companies could read that. It's different in the U.S. There's a lot to know. When I was trying to get this job, before I got the job that I have right now, man, the abbreviations, I was so struggling with it. I didn't even know what was PTO. Mm. And then I have to struggle with W2, W4. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then I have point. to struggle with 401k and I didn't have that literature yet. So that, that was obviously a lot to learn. And when I would interview with other companies, they could spot that a little bit. They know this guy has experience, but he has actually never worked in the United States. Yeah. And that was a little bit something that was disqualifying me every time that I go in an interview. And I wow. have been in interviews where the manager is like, I want to hire you because I know you have a great personality. I like yeah. your personality. But the thing is, you're going to need a little bit of experience to know how do you work in the U.S. People are different. Processes are different. Policies, taxes, all of that you need to know. I've been in the U.S. Wow. for only three years. Yeah. And this is very funny, but... I landed in the U.S. thinking that with my experience and my connections, I'm just going to come here and be a translator and have me a nice job, get the car that I want. It didn't happen like that, man. <laughs> I came here and I realized that in order for me to work in here, I need to have a work permit. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot just work. And I was here for about six months. I was not working. And, you know, it was very downing. And then one friend of mine, he was like, no, man, you don't understand what's going on. You can't work. You just, the government just don't have to know that you're working. I'm like, what do you mean? It was like, you can get an under-the-table uh, job. <laughs> well, 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 I know a lot of people that have. I know a lot of people that have. And but here's the thing, though. I started working under the table, getting paid $9 an hour. Joseph, <laughs> I was getting paid $9 an hour. I would work 16 hours straight just to make a little bit of money. And that mm -hmm. was valet. And what is sad is Valet is just, it's a toxic environment where your manager and the customers don't give a dog about you. They don't respect, care about you. Yeah. They don't respect you. It's a very informal um, field where you don't get respected. Man, I've been accused of everything. Yeah. And all I try to do, because people, when they pull up in a hotel, in a bar, whatever it is, people don't want you in their car. 
Some people don't even let their siblings drive their cars. So people mm. don't want you in their car. And then you're there. You have to park the car. Some other valets might get reckless if it's a night car. Somebody get in the Challenger, Hellcat. And then the, the owner is mad. So that was the problem. That's why valets are not seen as, you know, it's not very professional. I get accused of stealing money in the car. Get accused of stealing whatever. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to do my job. But the reason why I'm telling you this is that God has a very funny way of working things. I was mm -hmm. from a very high-respected international translator. And then God was like, let me, let me show you a little bit the world. Let me show you how it is. Yeah. And then I became a valet. I was from here to here. I was hurt. I was depressed. I didn't know what depression was until I started working as a valet. Mm. And um, for a very long time, man, I was feeling miserable. I was, it yeah. was bad. I would come home. I didn't want, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to go to this job. I don't want to see these people. I do not want to do this, but I have to. The money has to come in. I have bills. My bills are not waiting for me. Yeah. So that literally helped me to like start focusing on getting something better. I have to get something better. I have to get out of this field. That's yeah. exactly what fueled me trying to look into better fields and how I landed into technology sales. But yeah, man, to come back to your question, this, 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 that's what I was talking, telling you about. I just have so many stories. I try to channel yeah. it all the time. But Valley is something that really taught me about people, having people skills, knowing people's mm -hmm. behavior, know who will put you in trouble, who doesn't want to talk to you. You will learn that. And whoever that is in a job right now, whether that you are a server, whether you're a valet, just know that you are in a journey the Lord is trying to teach you something. Learn mm, from it. It's now. a journey. You will, you will just, you will get over it a better person. Mm. I used to be mad. I used to talk back. Now a person come to me mad, curse at me. I'm laughing at you because you cannot get to my feelings, sir. You will, you are not about to ruin my day. <laughs> Whatever you have going on with you mm. is with you. <laughs> I'm good. And one book <laughs> I'm really um, recommending everyone to read is a book called uh, The Fourth Agreement by Philippe Luis. Please go mm, watch. Please agreement. go. Please go read that book. It will teach. Say you. that again. The fourth agreement by Philip Louise. The fourth agreement by Philip Louise. It's a great book. If you haven't read that book yet, please go read it. It's a book that will change your life. Louise. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, yes. uh, that, that that last portion of what you said is such a powerful portion because sometimes we think of where we are, is where we're going to always be when it's just sometimes a temporary setback. To a future that we, we we either desire or a future that we're working towards, and I think that that's something that really needs to be highlighted because some people are going through some some rough times right now. Yes. They might be on the, they might be watching us from LinkedIn. They might have gotten laid off. Uh, they might be in a job that they're underemployed. Uh, they might be going through a lot of things right now. But remind, but be reminded that in this particular moment of your life, uh -huh. it is only for a moment, and the next is yet to come. In fact. This moment right now is preparing you for your next. Like, exactly. And just to go into that, so so let's talk about it. You how you went through the interview process. How long? How many interview rounds did you go through? Was it three, four, five? Um, what is funny is the company that I'm working with right now. I did I did two interviews? <laughs> yeah. I did two interviews with them, and they were like, "You know what? We like you. We like your attitude. We like your personality. Come aboard." <laughs> but um, it was really. Um, a very um, learning experience in the interview processes, in the other yeah. interviews I did, because 
let me tell you this, um, Joseph. Mm-hmm. The job market has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These software companies now, they have options. They oh, yeah. get the time to filter people out because they want the candidate they want. They, they are not just hiring anybody. The, the tech yeah. sales job market is different now, a lot different. Than it was and, like three years ago, you're saying? Or like no, now. Like right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, depending on maybe you guys when you were applying. And one thing yeah. you have to know about technology and technology sales, it's a living field. It just keeps changing every day. It just keeps mm. changing every day. Somebody is coming with a new software every day. Somebody is yeah. coming with a new way every day. So it changes every day. You've probably just seen um, sales love developing this thing calling cadence. I don't know if SDRs are still because that thing yeah. can do the whole cadence and the prospecting thing. But anyways, to go back to it, the interviews are now harder than ever. The interview processes are tough now. And whoever watching this, make sure you get yourself ready before you really start applying for jobs because now it's hard. It's very competitive. And what makes it competitive is that these software companies now, they have options because so many people are trying to break into tech, you know, and it has become a really popular. Now, the first interviews I did, many of them was very tough because they were yeah. trying to read me out. The first interview, the second, and the third, it's mm. mostly it will be four stages. You talk to the recruiter, you talk to the um, team lead of the SDRs, and then you talk to the sales manager, and you will probably talk to the CEO. And yeah. then I always make it to the last stage, but at the last stage, which was devastating because I make it to the last stage, I'm happy, I'm, cons- I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I made it to the last stage. They're going to call yeah. me. I'm going to get an offer letter and they're going to send me a message. Uh, we decided that we are going to go with some other candidates. I'm like, man, <laughs> y'all made me go through four stages. <laughs> All of that for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. But here's the thing. Every time that you go through a long, tough interview process, that's a blessing. Learn from it. They exactly. are teaching yep. you exactly what you need to learn and what you need to change off the rip. If you go through a long and hard process, make sure yeah. you document all of that. That's what will make you successful in the next one Yep. because you have learned from that. And that's how the interview process worked to me. So this company I'm working for, I started with a recruiter. She was from Texas. We were talking about the heat in Texas. And yeah. <laughs> that was very good for me. One thing I always try to do, don't just get into the interview and talk about the job. Build a connection. Crack a joke. Or break the yeah. ice <laughs> do yeah. that do something that will make those people remember you do something even if it yeah. doesn't have nothing to do with the job yeah. that's what i did with this company that i'm working for right now i was building connection as i was interviewing with them but they did interview we just had yeah. to interview i talked to the recruiter and i talked to the sdr team lead um who was amazing yeah. she told me you know what i really like your personality i know you will do good Plus, you speak in two languages. This is inbound. You will have most of the Canadian um, prospect. We're really looking for somebody like you, and you're coachable. Yes. That's that's exactly what sent me to success. And then later on, I actually have another conversation, but that was not really an interview. She was just, yeah. you know, contacting me. And yes. the next week, I woke up in my mails. The offer letter was there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> no, that that's 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 great because people want to. Some people don't may not know the process. So for you mm-hmm. to kind of peel the pull the curtain back so they could see that it's very eye opening and helping and help, helps a lot of people. Now, we're, just so everybody knows. We're going to go to the Q&A section very soon. So if you have any questions, uh, especially for people that are from the the international community who are Mm -hmm. trying to become SDRs, a lot of people are trying to do that. 
this is a great time to ask somebody who has gone through the experience. He lives in the U.S. now, correct? But the company that he works for is international. Therefore, he is the French inbound sales representative there. Uh, before I do, I got some comments here. I got a Operation Tech Takeover, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Bubakar is killing this interview. So informative. Medic personality just draws you in. Uh, I have a Ty Cook saying willpower. And then also Ashlyn uh, saying amen, amen. Uh, some people have talked about the book as well. They said that you read the book. I think Ty even mentioned that it's on a YouTube. You can listen to it for free, like an audio version of that. So mm-hmm. if you have any questions for uh, Bubakar or myself, we're going to be going to the Q&A section very soon. I have two questions. And one is basically, uh, let me ask you this. How, how so for somebody might come and say, hey, English is not my first language, but I am interested in being a, like a bilingual SDR like yourself. I like like, how do I set myself up to be able to stand out? Because let me, let me, let me take it back. Was it more, mm-hmm. is it competitive to get, to become a bilingual SDR? Or you felt like it was less competitive than the other jobs that you're applying to? Well, always having another language in your back pocket is going to make you a little bit more different. It's going to yeah. make you a little bit stand out. So it makes it less competitive because in this job market we are now, please utilize everything that you have to stand out. There's mm. a lot of people. It's a sea of application. I keep repeating it. Yeah. Everything that you have in your background, use it. Yeah. I was not planning to use my French because I said mm. I did eight years in translation. I've been, I've been speaking French for like 27 years now. Maybe I can focus in English and just work in English. But yeah. to stand out, man, I've been speaking French for a long time <laughs> and I have experience working in French. Maybe I should leverage that. And that's how it makes you stand out. If you have something in your back, uh, in your back pocket, whatever it is, get it out. Use it to stand out. That's what mm-hmm. will help you. And if English is not your first language, man, at some point you feel here in the United States, nobody's first language is English. We are all <laughs> from somewhere else, okay? That's a good but, point. Yeah. But um, don't think your accent will be a roadblock. It will not be a roadblock. Just you might have a little bit to improve your English, start being a little bit better at communication, which will help you a lot. Be engaging, be better in your communication. Use very simple sentences. No matter how difficult the field you are in, use simple words. Make people, make everybody be able to understand you. That will set you to success. That is something because when I started learning English, we had an English club, and at the English club, it's the one who know more words, the one who can be more fancy, you yeah. know, wins the wins the award because we wanted to be cool. We wanted to show each other how much I can speak English better than you. Yeah. But <laughs> later in life, I realized that hey, you don't need to like learn a whole dictionary. Use simple words. English yeah. is a very straightforward language. That is the reason why it's um, you know the language, the dollar language, the language that people were in people. Uh, using businesses because it's very straightforward. Speaking French, French is more focused on being eloquent, being, you know, French is a very elegant language. If I'm speaking French uh, to you right now, you will not see my mouth only moving. You will see my whole body moving. That's how French people are. (laughs) They talk about, oh, wait, parce que j'ai fait um, uh, trois glaces. That's how French people talk. The body talk. It's like Italian Italian as well. (laughs) Exactly. The body speak. And, uh, you know, it's a different thing. But in English, 
what is important is the message make sure mm. you transmit the message and people will listen to that it's not like other languages but yeah if you if english is not your first language man that's not a roadblock you can get out there you can get a job in Texas and you will kill it awesome <laughs> i love it and with that being said we're going to transition over to q and a and i see a question here that i'm going to put up for everyone to see it's from ty he says please share a quick guideline to help prepare for these tougher interviews where should we focus okay let me tell you this right now ty when you go to these tough interviews you are being interviewed as a sdr who's already working in that software company it is sad but that's how it is when you go into this software company that have a very tough interview process they will ask you things that normally you will not know until you get trained into that company. So here's what you can do. Reach out to the SDR. That's your cheat code. <laughs> I reached out to you, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reach out to the SDRs and try to find who is like when you talk to the recruiter and the recruiter tell you, okay, you're going to um, interview with the SDR team lead. His name is XYZ. Find him on LinkedIn. He's there. Find XYZ and find his connections. Try to identify who are the SDRs who are in his team. They will not only give you some valuable tips, but they will tell you exactly what that person is expecting from you. That, that's your hack right there. Use that. Sure. Talk to the SDRs, and then the SDRs will tell you, okay, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to know. This is how you need to say it, and you will be good. And um, after I reached out to you, actually, I reached out to another fellow. Um, his name was Coffee. He's over there in yeah, the company. Yeah, yeah. Very cool Coffee. guy. He, as soon as I texted him, he was like, hey, my fellow African. <laughs> and then yeah. we hopped on a Zoom call. He shared every single, every single aspect with me. He told me, hey, this is what they will ask you. This is what they will ask you. They will ask yeah. you to sell something. <laughs> so get yeah. ready for that. <laughs> You're, oh man, I said it to so many people. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's 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 what it is, Ty. If after you get um, past the recruiter and you know the team lead, go reach out to the SDRs, have a meeting with them. Don't just chat with them. Have a meeting with them, yeah. and then they will give you everything you need. And then get ready. Just know that you will be evaluated as an SDR who is already working over there. And one thing you will utilize is that do not just let the interviewer, the team lead, ask you a question. Ask questions. Ask questions. It's an exchange. He's interviewing you, but he is being interviewed too. Ask him about his performances. Tell him, hey, how many of your SDRs are hitting quotas on every semester? Yeah. Tell him what are your on-target earnings. On-target earnings, something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Sometimes there are these real unrealistic on-target earnings on the job descriptions. Don't fall for that. Yeah. Don't think you're going to the company and then you are going to earn that. It might not be true, okay? So just keep that in mind. Ask them what are your on-target earnings on a regular basis. Don't ask them, hey, what is the most on-target earning that the SDR has made? Maybe that's something the SDR made two years ago. And then mm. they just keep that number up to promote it. Ask them, what are your on-target earnings? What are your incentives? How many of your SDRs are hitting quotas every semester? What is the percentage of your SDR hitting quotas? And then ask them, this question is very valuable. Do you evaluate the success of your SDRs depending on their performance or their efforts? Mm. 
you want to know that you want to know that that's exactly how you would know who is the team lead who is out working his sdrs ask them sir do you evaluate the success of their sdrs based on how many demos or how many meetings they have booked or the efforts they have put in to book those demos because the job market that the prospect it will be different one yeah. semester you can have 20 demos the next semester you have one demos you want to make sure that you are in a company that does not blame the sdrs for not getting the prospect in mm. they look at your coders they see that you have done all your code calls you have done everything that you have to do but it sells some some months it's good some months it's, it's not a roller coaster it's a roller coaster make sure you're getting in the field that understand that and that's what i'm telling everybody don't be in a rush don't look desperate. Opportunities out there. Go on LinkedIn. Put it in a research. You, you research. You will see twenty thousand job offers. You think your time will come. So don't be in a rush. Don't be in a company. Let me share something with you. Yeah. I've interviewed with this one company. I was talking to the SDR team lead, and he told me, "Oh yeah, so we are going to do two hundred cold calls, two hundred cold emails every day." And he was looking at my face when he did, when he said that he was looking at my face to see how I'm going to react. I was then I was like, okay, 200 activities per day. Now let me ask you this question. How many of your SDRs are hitting that every day? Mm. And he gave me such a brush off. He was like, oh, now we're just a small team. We're starting up. Um, you know, we're looking for more people. I was like, okay. So you are a small team. You're starting up. You're hiring more people. How did you set that number? How did you define that number? Mm -hmm. How did you define 100, 100? Put him on the hot seat. I mean, I, I did, man. And I felt bad so weird because the rest of the interview was, the energy was so off because I had him. <laughs> Listen, that was, <laughs> if Shanae, I don't know if Shanae's still here, but she would tell you, <laughs> listen, you, you, are, you are the prize, right? At mm -hmm. the end of the day, when, when somebody, when you're in the interview process, they, something about you already said like, hey, we're just making sure that our prize is, is, is legit, <laughs> but you are the prize. And so you definitely should be asking those questions. So that's good job. Are you, let me ask you this. Are you, are you a course careers coach right now for like uh, those trying to get in? I, I think you should sign up for that. I think, I, I know, know. I think you definitely should because the information you gave there was great. I would just add, to, I was just going to just emphasize on something you said, yeah. which is preparation. Like uh, I love this quote by Myron Golden. Mm -hmm. He says, your time will come whether you are ready or not. If you are prepared, it will reveal you. Yes. But if you are unprepared, it will expose you. And so yes. you want to be prepared as best as possible. And that comes by doing techie reports. Like even when, my, when I was looking at my company, I looked at look, what what podcasts were the CEOs on? Like, like, like every single thing you could find about them. How do you even pronounce their name properly? How do you pronounce the CEO's name? Who is the COO? What is the, what does their product look like? What kind of things that they're possibly looking to do? Bring that stuff into the conversation during the interview. Like, like, like my, my brother said right here, like bring those stuff into the conversation and then you'll be able to ask those things on a one-to-one -one ratio, show them that you're confident because you actually have understanding of the company mm -hmm. and show them that you're able to understand what it is that SDR does. I think a lot of people fail because they, 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 they might even go into the conversation and say, I want to break it to tech. And they're like, the <laughs> like, thank you for your time. <laughs> they did it right there. Focus yeah. on the things that matter. Um, yeah. I think it'll, it'll go a long way. Uh, and um, I see people saying very insightful. Mm -hmm. It was really good job. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a great response. <laughs> and then awesome <laughs> feedback. Thank you. 
Um, best wishes to you, to both of you. Thank you so much, Ty. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so the lines of communication are open now. If you guys have any questions, definitely feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, let me ask you this. What is the, as we're waiting for more questions, what has been the biggest adjustment being an uh, inbound uh, bilingual inbound sales rep, right? That's what, that's the name of the, the, the title, right? <laughs> yeah, it is bilingual inbound sales. I'm so proud of that title because when I yeah. write it and it fills the section up, I was like, oh, I'm this? <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I was making my email signature and I had to write it, it was bilingual inbound sales development representative and it went in a, another line. I was like, hold on, let me just write inbound, bilingual inbound SDR. <laughs> Because this is too long. It's too long. <laughs> hey, but I'm in a great team. What I love about my team, um, when they're training you, they tell you off the rip, hey, we're not throwing you in the water here. It's not you're going to swim or you're going to drown. We are going to swim with you. We are going to teach mm. you how to swim. We yeah. have a Slack team. Every time that you have something you don't know, you reach out to those uh, managers. They say, we are here for you. You know, If you're yeah. having trouble, put the prospect on hold and come to us, we will tell you what to do and you go back to the prospect. And this is what I have been loving into the technology field. Everybody yeah. is so supportive, like to the point you yeah. cannot imagine. Man, I'm from hospitality, I'm from the hotel. In the hotel field, nobody, well, I, want, I don't wanna say nobody's supportive, but the managers don't care about you, they care about the customer. And mm. sadly, that's the reason why hotels have become a business where people use their weakness to get free points, get their money back. People are all the time trying to see who's doing something wrong so they can complain about it and mm. they will get free stuff. And hotel has become that bad because they are avoiding a bad review so they can sell more because every hotel that has a bad review, it will affect their sales. Yeah. No matter how the customer treats the employee, you cannot cry on the lap of your manager. The manager will not. Maybe you will have some. I worked with this one manager who had my back and I loved it. She would kick the customer out. <laughs> but that was the one hotel. Every I've worked to these five-star hotels, man. If you get blamed of something, you're done. They might fire you. Wow. But never. So, and now I'm in this field where if the prospect or if the client is being a little bit rude, if he has a you know, offensive tone, he can get canceled quickly. <laughs> wow, wow. And that is so supportive. They be like, hey, you disrespected one of our representatives. We are not doing business with you no more. Your account is canceled. Wow. And that's it. And Whew. that's how much they have your back into technology, man. Make sure, bro, I'm telling everybody, I'm reaching out to my friends from Ballet. Leave there, leave, get out of there, leave, leave. <laughs> Come in this technology field or whatever field that have that supports you and have your back, man. I'm such in a better mental um, stage right now than when I was working in hotels. That is just amazing, man. That is amazing. Wow, wow. That's <laughs> so that would be considered like a pro of working in this industry that they have your back. I'm gonna piggyback on that conversation while I wait for more. Well, I'm gonna piggyback on that question, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, wait for more questions from others. If you have a question, whether you're on YouTube or LinkedIn, go ahead and put it in the chat. Um, this is the Q&A section of this conversation. So if that's a pro, um, you can even list a couple more pros if you want. But what are some pros and cons of that you experience working in this field thus far? Um, okay, let's start with the pros. Being supportive and having your back, that's one. But knowledge, man, 
in the technology field, you just start knowing things that is in the modern world that you would have no clue. I'm working with this company. Um, they do HR services. And I finally understand how technology is revolutionizing payrolls, HRs, you know, people are not communicating. It's not like you have your HR coming in office no more. Everything is automated. Your paycheck, your statements, <laughs> uh, support, everything is automated. AI, you do not have to talk to someone. And until you get into the technology field, you will not really know at what place the world is right now. The word, everything is not as you imagine. You are doing things right now thinking that there's another person in the back. It might just be AI. You're not talking to no one. You're talking to a machine. <laughs> Knowledge, man. And then on top of that, connections. You will learn what company is working with what company. And then certain things you see outside in the street start making sense. Yeah. <laughs> you will know what company bought what company and what is the company who's working with what company? There are huge companies over there. You think they're doing nothing? They're doing everything? No, they just focus on what they're doing solely. Their HR is outsourced. Somebody else is doing the HR. And then their logistic, somebody else is doing it. You know, they calls, a call center is out there doing it. And then you start that knowledge. You start understanding how these companies are working. And let me tell you the value in that, because if you have an entrepreneurial mind, you see how these companies are working. You can come up with an idea of creating a little bit of a company, and that would be so valuable that you can grow it and sell that specific product or issue yeah. or what's missing in that big company and sell it to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. And if you have a good little startup that is selling some value to that big company, guess what? They will buy your startup out. Mm -hmm. They will buy you and integrate you. And we're talking about million dollar deals. Yeah. That's how you easily, that's how you easily. So many startups out here is getting bought by big um, companies because sure. they take something off their hands. So many companies right now, the SDR team is outsourced. Can you believe it? Some companies don't have yeah. the SDR teams in their company. What they do is they teach the material to that um, other company, the third party. And those SDRs do the job for them. So the company give them the knowledge and the coders. Hey, this month we need this amount of sales, so work it out. And then that company is solely focused on development. They, they, they're getting the prospect, turn them into leads, and transfer them to the big company. So that knowledge, is that something you will know <laughs> before getting into the things? Ooh. And maybe one con that I have about tech sales is... You're going to have to work on your personality because it's a remote job. You're at home. Somebody like me, I love video games. You might be tempted. <laughs> you might be tempted to be at work and think about, oh, man, let me go watch the TV. Oh, let me go lay down a little bit in the bed. No, you have to work on yourself. When you start your day mm -hmm. and working, mm -hmm. find you your little space, get a spare room, sit down there. You are at work, sir. You are there. You cannot go around. And there's no going around, going to the bed, going to the living room, using my PlayStation a little bit. No, you're going to have to focus. And that's, will set, that's what will set you to success to be a good SDR. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I worked from, <laughs> home, from home for quite, quite, quite a few years, so I didn't think about 
how many distractions you can have working <laughs> from home. But it's true. Like, yep. especially if you don't have like an enclosed office space and you might be in an open space, other people might be around. You might have your video games out there. <laughs> you might w- want to watch, want to catch up with some some shows. But yeah, like you have to have a certain level of discipline to be able to kind of be like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. Boom, boom, boom. So okay. oh, we got a couple questions here. I want to just reach out to, uh, I have, I believe it's pronounced Nikeli. Mm-hmm. If I pronounce it wrong, forgive me. But Ms. Bennett says, what's the favorite part of your tech sales role? Man, it still have to be the support. I, I, I just cannot go around that. It still have to be the support. These managers here, they're here to walk with you. They're here to, to swim with you. They're not going to let you drown. Yeah. They are here to help. It has to be the support, man. In technology, people are here. They want you to succeed. They don't want you to give up. They come in here and they want you to succeed. And I really think that everybody deserves that. And especially after the training, when you are in training for two, three weeks and you're done, you're done training. Yeah. You think you're about to come there and just execute. It doesn't happen like that. You're in training yeah. and there's this little phase where it would be like more coaching. You apply what you've learned in training, but your manager is there. They on the phone, they, they on teams and they watch you. When you get stuck, it's not like a quiz. They're like, oh, do you remember what you did in the, in the, in the, in the, in the training? Or you remember? Now, when you have this situation, this is what you've learned. This is how you do it. And you will get, you will get more uh, understanding once you get hands-on. But for now, you just come fresh out of training. You will practice a little bit. The speed will come with time. Man, I just love that. I just yeah. love that. The coachability is just amazing into the technology field. That's why I'm telling you, no matter how you think your brain is, some people might be, oh, man, this is too complicated. It's not for me. Well, they're going to teach it to you. And they are patient with you. It's not like you don't understand something, they get irritated. You don't understand it? Yeah. Let's do it again. You still don't understand it? Let's do it again. You don't understand it? You know what? Let's do something else tomorrow. Yeah. We do it again. Yeah. And 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 that's how, like, I'm, I'm struggling with this Nurturing. one thing. I'm struggling with this one thing that's, like, called sales escalation because it's complicated, so many processes in it. And my manager is telling me every day, hey, every time that you have a sales escalation, put the prospect on, on, on hold, call me. And I'll be on Teams. I'll tell you what to do. You do that once, twice, and then you will get your way. You will do it on your own. You don't need me no more. The coachability is amazing. That's what I love. Yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was, I think about, there's so many things. I wish I could say one. I love the flexibility. I love the fact that you can, um, for me, I love uh, being on the phones, get it, the hunt, as I call it. I like the hunt. I like the phone. I like being on the phone. I've, yeah. I've been able to do, have some success there. But I also love the level of respect that you get. And I think you talked about it before, especially being a person of color. I feel, yeah, in a way, respected more in this role than pretty much any other role that I've had. Um, and so that's that's something else. I don't know. I, I, it, Take me to another place. So let's go to the next conversation. <laughs> next question here. Uh, but let's go to Ty. Ty is back again. Regarding your course career study strategy, what was your daily routine slash schedule? How often would you break then resume the course? Oh, man. <laughs> Before that, um, yes, I definitely have to think about it a little bit because I was a man. I was I was around the place. Yeah. But course careers, when I was... Um, taking course careers, I really didn't have a daily routine because um, it started with an unfortunate story. I had a manager in Valley who was over-exploding me. 
um, the guy wanted me to be there 16 hours a day. Mm. And as I was his strongest uh, valet, because at the time I was just not driving cars. I'm a problem solver. I know how to talk to people. I can communicate and build a relationship. I was overqualified for valet because I'm from that background. And um, by the end, because I did valet for two years, by the end of valet, I understood people, people skills. I'm not getting affected by somebody being irritated or somebody coming cursing at me because they need their car right away. I, you know, I was strong. And he wanted me there 16 hours a day. He wanted me there every day. And I was like, hey, let's sit down and work on the schedule because I cannot do this. I'm married. I have a wife. I don't want to be yeah. here every day. So I want to have a time with my wife. And he was not giving me that. He was not being very yeah. understanding. And one day we had a really busy day. And I don't know where he went. You are the manager. You're getting paid twice or three times than me. And you're letting me all this heat and you just disappear. He came back and I told him, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I do mm. not want to do this no more because you're not being a manager. You want me to be a manager. You want mm. me to do everything. I'm not going to do that. And I left. So I had um, no job because, as I told you, I was working under the table. It was hard to find a job, somebody who was willing to wow. do the risk. I didn't have no job, man. I was just sitting in the house and I had time in my hands. That's the reason why when I started Course Careers, I didn't do nothing else. I was just on the laptop, man. And I'm a person who does not like to be bored. I cannot deal with boredom. I need to do yeah. something. I need to find something to do. So I was reading books. I, um, I read The Fourth Agreements. I read um, another book um, by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now, very philosophic book. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, <laughs> and I was reading books. That's what I was doing most of the time. And then I decided to go with Course Careers. And Course Careers just gave me something to do because it gave me lessons, courses, and books to read. I was eating them books. I was learning how to win friends and influence people, spin selling. I read all those books. And that's crazy. I did all of that in one week. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of time. You took those 16 hours and you said, let's just fill it up with. I'm using 16 hours. Might as well do something productive, right? No, And I'm at home. I'm not outside swimming under the rain. I'm not sweating. Love so it. I can do this. So I was just sitting down, man. I, I just, I was eating the course, man. I did the course. But I wish I actually took more time with the course because when the course ended, I was a little bit sad because I was back doing nothing. I was back with nothing. And, um, you know, God has his way of showing you things. Um, right after I got, of course, careers, and then God was showing me, hey, you know what? Now you're ready. I've already put you in um, the struggle to show you what is the real word. You were a little bit spoiled. You were in a very respected field. Let me show you how people leave day by day when they don't have the choice. Mm. And then shortly wow. after that, man, immigration started coming in, stuff changed. And I was able, man, that was crazy. Shortly after I got my course career certification, the Lord just told me, hey, you ready? Now, here you go. Oh, you mean like your work permit came in and things came out, nature. man. After oh, two years of hunting, came out wow. right after I got my certification. I got that and I was, I was on it, man. I started looking for jobs and you want to hear a very funny story. <laughs> as soon as I got it, I didn't want to stay in the house. I went and get a job and I went back to the hotels, man. But this time I was inside. I was, um, I was the manager actually of the front desk because mm. I already worked at that hotel. I know the hotel very well. They told me, we're not going to hire you just as a front desk agent. We're going to make you a manager because you know how to talk. You know hospitality. I was there for two weeks. 
<laughs> Man, I quickly realized that I was burnt out from hotels. As soon as I got back there, it was the same BS. It didn't change. Mm. Um, there was a wow. lot of um, micromanaging. Yeah. Customers coming cursing at you at your face, trying to get some free stuff. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on tech sales. Oh. And I came back a week later. I have my offer letter. And now I'm in this amazing field, man. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm sending a call right now. If you are in a field where you feel depressed and you don't want to do it, man, yeah. you have the choice. We always have the choice. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But leverage your knowledge. Go learn something. Man, there are so many certifications out there. AWS. Yeah. Um, you can get certified in Google. Um, you can do so many things. Just get into the field, make some researches. You will find a certificate, get that certificate, and get in that field. That is it. Wow. Well, so well said. So mm -hmm. well said. And 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 with that being said, family, uh, since there's no many questions, I'm, we're going to wrap it up here. But I want to just definitely encourage you to piggyback what, uh, what was being said right now is that what Bubakar said was so true. Like, you want to really take the time if you're in this place where you're not satisfied, a place that is not necessarily providing what you need, you should pivot. And with that being said, this video has been sponsored by a couple of different companies. One is Course Careers. As you may know, they have not only uh, tech sales in regards to being an SDR or BDR, but they also have IT. They have digital marketing. And now they have UI UX design. So go ahead. Check out Course Careers. If you do. For those that watch and those that use my coupon code Juice Joseph fifty, they'll give fifty dollars off for you as well. I'm, I'll be remiss if I don't mention Leveled because that's like the next level up. No offense, of course, of course, but the next level will be AE, right? If you want to be an account executive or if you want to go into cybersecurity, Leveled is here as well. Use my code Joseph ten to get ten percent off of the purchase price for that. Um, they they're providing that to my listeners, and so if you are interested in any of those career, try that. And then I have one that's really special to me that I just kind of found out recently called Learnful. And this is actually a, a, from Nigel, uh, who's a principal sales engineer at HubSpot. This guy is phenomenal and he really cares deeply about his students, so much so that he only allows about 20 per class. It's a live session for six weeks and it's selected. It's not something you can just sign up for and then you get to choose. No, they have to select you. Uh, and, and so that is something, if you want to do anything in pre-sales, which includes being a sales engineer, that's the course for you. Six weeks intensive, focus upon their students. Uh, if you are interested in any of those different things, just check out the links in the description below. And we definitely want you to make that pivot, not just for yourself, but for your family, for the, your loved ones. So that way you could be able to be in a position to help those that you care and love for it. On a, on a higher, deeper level, whichever direction you want to go, <laughs> and help them out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, this has been amazing, Wilbur Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with not just myself, but to speak with everybody else. Again, feel free to reach out to him as well. His 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 link is in the is a uh, LinkedIn link is in the description as well. Yes. So so they can reach out to you for any like questions they have, any like coaching they want, things like that. I've actually been helping people. I all the time tell you, um, tell everybody, you can reach out, inbox me, tell me where you are exactly in the course career process. And I'll tell you what I did that worked out for me. And I'm already okay. talking, um, I've, I've already helped other people. What I do is I just tell you, hey, let's just 
hop back in the Discord app in one of the study rooms and I'll share with you what I think, what made me successful. And I'm doing that a lot. And I've seen actually um, one of the people, there are some of the people that we are actually talking about, they process. And one of them was Ashlyn uh, Christmas. Um, Thank you for tuning in, Ashlyn. And then thank you for, you know, thank you, Joseph, for um, having me, giving me this opportunity for the first time after three years in the United States to actually share my story. I was dying to share my story, <laughs> but I was able to share my story. And uh, one of the things I just want to accomplish in this life is that to show people abroad or people out there, people in third world company, um, countries, that everything is possible in this world. Just believe in yourself and believe in God. Anything is possible, man. I'm from a fisherman's village my dad is a retired police officer. My mom is a housewife. I'm, I'm not better than no one. I just worked my way up, man. Be an entrepreneur. Believe in yourself and believe in God. That's the two things. That's what you will do. And you can accomplish anything that you want. Yeah. So that being said, thank you for having me, man. This has been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it. Oh, you, if you enjoyed it, I, I'm elated because I, I was like, there's moments I forgot my mouth was open. I'm like, oh, let's bring that back up there. Okay. <laughs> no, really powerful story. And uh, there's some people that wanted to say something. I have Scott again here from Operations Tech, or AKA Operations Tech Takeover. This is why I'm ready to leave 18 years in the medical field behind, just burnt out. So your story is really speaking to him about yes. just making that pivot. And then Ty says, thank you both again. Great job, Joseph and Bubakar. Love the content and insights. Awesome, awesome. And I got Chris here as well that says amen to that in regards to what you said. And so with that being said, if you want to find out more content, because I have a lot more, in fact, I have a video with Ty Smith, uh, award-winning personnel when it comes to channel sales in tech. Ooh, what is that? Uh, we'll, We'll talk about that more tomorrow. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Click the bell notification so you do not miss when that video does go live. And until next time, family, like I always say, I hope to see you, Bubakar and I, we hope to see you on the other side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the tech side, right? Hope to see you soon. Take care, family. All right. <laughs>